Only one feller can tame the Wild West. Only one feller is young, dumb, and full of courage. And only one feller goes by the name of Roscoe Taylor, the Tallahassee tween. Brought to you by KZSM.org. Tonight's episode, A Tango with the Terrible Tall Tail Gang. Roscoe and his trusty steed, Checkers Justice, are sitting down next to a babbling brook deep within the forests of Oregon Territory, the northern corner of the Wild West. For the past three hours, Roscoe tried to learn how to fish with just a lasso and a piece of jerky as bait, but that was a dud, so now he's idly staring at the clouds, trying to see if any of them look like cuss words. Checkers is napping peacefully, snoring in a way that only a horse can. <laughs> I'm so bored. So bored. Bored! What? I'm up. I'm up. Oh, hey, Roscoe. When did you get here? Sorry to pull you from your slumber, buddy. I was just yelling about being bored. No harm, no foul, partner. It's probably best you woke me up anyhow. I just got into a part in my dream where I found a needle in my haystack sandwich. Bad news. Sounds like it. What could we do to pass the time? Everything around this forest looks the same. I need some excitement, some thrills. Well, before we met, anytime I got bored, I checked out the local sheriff's office and perused the new bounty posters. Try that if you'd like. Great idea. Where's the nearest town? It's trees for as far as the eye can see. Hmm. Well, back when I was in Horse Cub Scouts, they taught us that you could find civilization by moss growing on a stump, I think. Okay. See any moss around? No, but in Horse Boy Scouts, they taught us how to grow moss in a mason jar. Do you have a mason jar? No. But in Horse Eagle Scouts, everybody learned how to find civilization without a compass by listening to the sound of the wind. Whoa, that's cool. Let's try that. I never made it to Horse Eagle Scout, though. It just seems like too much work. Hmm. Well, if we just start walking in one direction, we've got to end up somewhere. If we reach the ocean or the Canadian border, we'll know we've gone too far. Okay, Junior. Let's mosey. They walked and walked and walked some more before they started to notice a severe lack of trees in the otherwise treeful forest. What happened here? There's so many stumps all around us. Yeah, someone or something chopped down every tree within a mile radius. Hey, do you see that town way over there? Yeah, let's head there and see if they have anything interesting to do. Sounds fine by me. As they got closer, they saw the population sign for Timber Tree Landing. It clearly used to read 85, but this was scratched out and replaced with who knows anymore. The town was in shambles. Restaurants were littered with closed indefinitely signs. There was a huge crater in the center of town where a building should be. And at the sheriff's office, the deputy was openly weeping in the street. (laughs) What's wrong, mister? This place looks terrible. Are you the law in these parts? I don't even know anymore. 
Everything's going to cowboy hell. Just tell us what we can do to help. I'm Roscoe Taylor, the Tallahassee tween. This is Checkers Justice, horse bounty hunter. Well, Reggie, I'm sorry to say, but I'm the town deputy. And ever since the tall tail gang came to town, this whole place has been turned upside down. The tall tail gang? Yeah, look at that wall over there. Those three wanted posters? That's them, the banes of my existence. <laughs> this has got to be some sort of joke. Are you seeing this, Checkers? Is that a picture of Paul Bunyan? He goes by soul now, but yes. Yes, it is. But he's just a work of fiction. Folklore. I wish you were right, Richard. I wish you were right. These other two are also ridiculous. Pecos Jill? Are you kidding me? And Johnny Appleseed? Pecos Bill had a sister. And she apparently loves crime. And that other feller? Well, he's just regular old Johnny Appleseed. I thought all these people were made up. You're telling me they're real? Yes, and they are tearing this town apart. Saul Bunyan is their leader. He's about 80 feet tall. He's a, he's a giant and a criminal. The fella rides his huge ox all across Oregon territory, causing trouble anywhere he can. Pecos Jill is normal person size, but she was raised by a pack of wolverines, and she's even meaner now. She's strong enough to break a mountain in half, and her punches pack so much heat. She'll give a hurricane a black eye. Last one of the bunch is Johnny Appleseed. He ain't all that powerful, but gosh dang it, he's a lousy conservationist. Guy just won't shut up about apples. Now, that part doesn't sound that bad. About four months ago, they came here, and they just stole the bank. Picked the place right up and just took the whole building. Ain't never seen nothing like it. Wow. I know. They, they got into some bar fight at the local saloon. <laughs> Spun the entire building around, and it ain't stopped spinning. It ain't stopped twisting ever since. It's been a week, and the saloon is still flying around in circles at 100 miles an hour. When it first got spun, everyone in there jumped ship, except the poor piano players. And they had vertigo before all this, so as far as we know, they're just in that fetal position, puking their guts out. You weren't kidding. They're just falling to pieces around here. That's not even the last of it. They flipped Bargain Beth's budget brothel upside down. Somebody's got to do something to stop these evildoers. Town Sheriff tried to arrest him, but they punched him right up into that moon. He's still up there. It's hard to spot right now, but at night you can see him clear as day just wandering around on that there lunar surface. God, he must be so embarrassed. Okay, we've got a lot to do if we're going to fix this town. Right. First, let's go stop the saloon from spinning. After that, we'll get your bank back and put those suckers behind bars. Not sure how to fix the tree problem or the sheriff on the moon, but we'll cross that bridge before we burn it. Oh, thank you, boys. Thank you. Don't die, though. I don't know how much heartbreak this little old deputy can take. We'll try our best. Let's get a move on. The boys headed to the saloon, which was hard to miss. It was the only bar in town and the only building they'd ever seen spin around like a disco ball or a hula hoop. And neither of those things had been invented yet. Here it is. How long did the deputy say this place has been twirling around? I think he said a week. How are we going to stop this thing? How about we jump into it and run in the opposite direction? Reverse inertia. Great idea. Well, let's get to it. Roscoe ran straight for the porch of the saloon and jumped with one perfectly timed leap 
and he smashed through the front door and found himself on the inside of the revolving tavern. Now you come on in, Checkers. Uh, okay. Checkers' leap wasn't as well-timed, and he jumped straight into one of the porch pillars and ricocheted in the opposite direction. Ow! That hurt. Try again, buddy. With a running start and far more caution, Checkers bounded in through the broken door frame and tumbled into the saloon. Wow. This feels so strange in my gut. Yeah, it's like a merry-go-round times a million. Hey, there's the piano player. Lounging at one of the tables, sipping on a constantly sloshing martini, the piano player turned and looked at our heroes. Oh, somebody finally came in here. I thought I was just going to be trapped in this bar for the rest of my life. How are you doing that? What, drinking a martini? No, I mean, how are you relaxing in a place like this? We heard you had vertigo. Well, it's true that I couldn't hop out of this place when it originally got spun by that bunion guy. But after the first three days, you kind of get used to it. Getting drunk helps. There is like a plateau of dizziness a person can feel. Eventually, your body just adapts, I guess. Which is great for me personally. Now I don't have vertigo anymore. If you aren't dizzy now, why don't you leave? Uh, I'd need to time my jump perfectly to avoid breaking my neck. And I'm sort of risk averse. Plus, this is the only piano in the state, and I don't have any other career skills to speak of. It's quite a pickle. You won't have to worry about that for long. We're gonna save you. Okay, I'll sit here and watch. So, looking through these windows, it appears that we're spinning counterclockwise. So we need to run clockwise to get this thing to slow down. Here goes nothing. Roscoe ran and Checkers galloped in the same direction, jumping over tables and chairs in an effort to end the saloon's sickening spin. And that's exactly what happened. Slowly, the building started to lose speed and the center of gravity in the place began to pull in the opposite direction. It's working! Oh my god! What is this feeling? The saloon slowed and slowed until it halted altogether. Roscoe and Checkers gently went from a run to a light job before they came to a stop. Unfortunately, the piano player's body didn't get the memo. <laughs> Over the week the saloon had been spinning, the piano player's vertigo hadn't gone away like they assumed. It had really turned into reverse vertigo, a rare medical condition that helped them feel at ease while the saloon was revolving. But now that it was still again, the piano player's body started to twirl around like a top, and they hopped up out of their chair and spun out through the front door. Uh, this is horrible! Look at him go! They're flying out into the distance. Maybe we should just let them spin themselves out? That's one more thing to fix on this town's list, but hey, we stopped the saloon. Good job, buddy. Good job yourself. I'm sure that piano player will be fine in the long run. Now, we need to go back outside and tend to that upside-down brothel. All right. As soon as the two walked out of the stationary saloon, they heard a mighty roar come from the forest. Did you hear that? Yeah, it sounded like some angry guy. Oh my gosh, look at the horizon, that must be him. A towering Goliath was stomping their way. It was Saul Bunyan, with Pecos Jill and Johnny Appleseed on either shoulder, and they looked furious. Timber Tree Landing, we're back. Shudder in fear at the sight of the Tall Tale Gang. No way, your reign of tyranny is over. The giant had finally made it to the town's edge, and with two stomps of his massive feet, he was standing above Checkers and Roscoe. Who dares to speak to me this way? I'm Roscoe Taylor, the Tallahassee tween. This is Checkers Justice, horse bounty hunter. 
We are taking you three to jail. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> you hear that, Saul? This little run of the litter with the stupid hat thinks he can take us down. Ha! You make me laugh. The tall tale gang can't be bested by any mortal. Get out of our way and start shaking with fear. Yeah, you'll start trembling if you know what's good for you. We aren't scared of you. We meet big monsters all the time. Well, this big monster's gonna crush you like a bug. Saul stomped down on Roscoe, but our terrific tween ducked backwards and evaded being squished. For somebody with such a big foot, you sure have bad aim. Oh, yeah? He stomped again and again, and every time his foot slammed towards Roscoe, Roscoe dived out of the way. I've had enough of your game, small child. Team, let's show them why we run this town. Tall tail gang, attack! Saul Bunyan pulled out a giant axe and pointed it out our hero's direction. Pecos Jill leaped off his shoulder and landed on the street in front of Checkers. She was dressed in typical cowgirl attire with bright orange hair and a nasty smirk. She grabbed a, her cowgirl hat and flung it towards Checkers. As it spun, razor blades came out of the brim. Johnny Appleseed was next to hop off Saul's massive figure. And as he stomped on the ground in front of Roscoe, he pulled out a Gatling gun and started blasting away in his direction. These bullets, however, were anything but ordinary. He was shooting apples at Roscoe, and in the blink of an eye, 30 apples were hurtling towards our young adventurer at 100 miles an hour. Saul Bunyan smashed his huge axe against the ground in between Roscoe and Checkers with a menacing thud. The earth shook around them, and their odds of winning this fight went from terrible to worse. Oh no, buckaroos. Will the tall tail gang spell the end of our radio show's main characters? Will I be out of a job? How did these formerly heroic figures of legend turn to a life of crime? There's only one way to find out. Listen to this short commercial break. You're listening to KZSM.org, True Community Radio. Welcome back to Roscoe Taylor, the Tallahassee Tween. Now let's get back to the action. When we left off, Roscoe and Checkers were outnumbered, outmatched, and out of luck. The two have gotten themselves tangled up in a fight with three living legends, Saul Bunyan, Pecos Jill, and Johnny Appleseed were attacking with full force. Will our plucky pair of cowpokes be beaten? Find out now. Tall tail gang, attack! Yikes! Pecos Jill had thrown her razor-sharp cowgirl hat shuriken at checkers, Johnny Appleseed shot a round of apple bullets at Roscoe, and Saul Bunyan was standing between our pair, getting ready to swing his mighty axe. You're dead horse meat! Cut the trash talk, you dopes! We're not afraid of you! I'll put you in the ground, short stack! I'm gonna punch you! As the flying fruit flew at Roscoe, he spun his spurs so fast that they became mini boot saw blades. With a few kung fu kicks, he sliced every apple hurtling his way. Then he delivered a sucker punch to Johnny Appleseed's jaw. Ow! Told ya! Saul Bunyan's axe swung down right on top of Roscoe, and he jumped out of the way with a second to spare. The giant has miscalculated his use of force, and his axe flew straight into the ground. And now his weapon was wedged so deeply in the street that he couldn't pull it back out right away. 
Why, you little pest, I'll squash you like a bug. Stop trying to kill me. Pick on someone your own size. Roscoe's plea fell on deaf and dastardly ears as Pecos Jill's buzzsaw hat was still slicing the air in Checker's direction. Take that! Checkers whipped his tail in the air and hit the razor-sharp hat frisbee at the perfect angle, sending it straight into the air. And as it fell back to the ground, Checkers leaped up and the hat landed snugly on top of his own cowboy headwear. This is my hat now. Saul Bunyan had yanked the axe out of the ground and began a second assault on the two heroes. He threw all of his strength into a horizontal slash, meant to hit Roscoe and Checkers in one fell swoop. Look out! You don't have to tell me twice! Roscoe jumped up on top of Checker's back and picked up the razor-sharp hat off his horse friend's head. Can I borrow this? No! Sure! The Tallahassee tween threw the hat straight for Saul Bunyan's feet. And as Saul tried to jump upwards out of the hat's path, he fell backwards, landing on top of Johnny Appleseed and Pecos Jill. Ha <laughs> ha! We did it! I knew this fight would be no big deal. As soon as Roscoe said that, Saul let loose a mighty whistle. Huh? A thud came bellowing from the forest, growing louder with each second. Finally, a giant blue ox came bounding over the horizon and into the city street. It was sixty feet tall and all muscle. Babe! The ox looked at the scene in front of it and quickly decided that Roscoe and Checkers had to go. It hunkered down its horns and began stomping towards the two tiny targets. That's a weird thing to call an animal, dude. Never mind that. How did we get it to stop charging at us? It was too late, though. The fight had worn down our boys just enough that they could not dodge another attack, especially one coming from a gargantuan wild animal. Babe the Blue Ox trampled Roscoe and Checkers and flattened them on the ground with a hard smack. They were completely beaten, bloody and bruised. Then the huge ox turned around and got ready to charge for the second time. Saul Bunyan and the other two had gotten back up and dusted themselves off. Roscoe and Checkers laid as flat as two pancakes on the dusty streets of Timber Tree Landing. That's enough, babe. These two are done for. Uh-oh, Saul. Look, your hand! Saul's left hand looked translucent. It was slowly disappearing before everyone's eyes. Dang. Thanks for catching that, Jill. I'd better smash some stuff to fight this off. Tie these two up so they don't bug us anymore, will you? Once I fix this old hand of mine, we can kill these two properly. Whatever you say, Chief. Saul walked further into Timber Tree Landing and started to flip and shake and destroy nearby businesses. Pecos Jill began to hogtie our stunned heroes, and Johnny Appleseed began reloading his unusual gun. Hey, we aren't done yet. We can still... fight. <laughs> Whatever you say, tough guy. Just gotta finish this knot and... There. You two aren't going anywhere for the time being. <sighs> Why are you three terrorizing this town so much? Don't you have anything better to do? Yeah, I didn't even think you three existed before today. What gives? And what was up with the big guy's disappearing hand? Uh, since you're gonna be dead in just a minute anyways, I guess it wouldn't hurt for us to tell you. Yeah, you two's are toast. It won't matter what you know. You see, the three of us are tall tales, thus the name. Okay. None of us are real people like you. We weren't born. We don't have families. We were just concocted by the Wild West collective consciousness. What? People started folklore about me, about Pecos Jill, about Saul Bunyan, and we just popped into existence. No way. I've only heard of Paul Bunyan, not Saul. 
and I know about Johnny Appleseed, but I'm sure I've never heard any stories about Pecos Jill. It's Pecos Bill I always heard about. You know the game of telephone? If enough people pass down stories, sometimes the details get messed up. Mm, here I am. Well then, where's Pecos Bill? He's somewhere in Arizona, I think, digging a new Grand Canyon with his bare hands. But that's irrelevant. Around these parts, Pecos Jill is a figure to be feared. Same goes with Johnny Appleseed. But why? Saul Bunyan walked back to the group and his hand was fully formed again. Time to murder you two. Wait, we're in the middle of an explanation about you three's whole deal. It would be anticlimactic to kill us now. Okay, I'll give you five more minutes, deal? Deal. Anyways, tall tales don't really get passed around so much nowadays, and not like they used to. Before we turned to crime, I was Pecos Jill, the toughest cowgirl in the West. I was raised by, were by wolverines, and I could punch a feller so hard he'd fly around the planet a few times before he landed. But a few years ago, I started fading away. Doing good deeds and having super strength just didn't seem to keep my legacy alive anymore like it used to. Before we became villainous, I was a legend about a fella who played in apple seeds everywhere. And that's pretty much it. I didn't have a lot of staying power, as you can imagine. And back when I was Paul, people knew me as a big, friendly giant who chopped down trees and fought wild animals. Why did you switch to Saul as your first name? It was a branding thing. I'm a new man now. The kind of man who does what he wants when he wants. All three of us are like that. We were all at risk of disappearing forever as do-gooders, but now we're alive and well. On account of the fear we strike into this town, bad news travels faster than good news. If we live hedonistically and cause a ruckus every couple of days, we'll never die. We'll live forever! Okay, this is a bit of a convoluted backstory. You felt like you had to be bad in order to keep existing? Right on the monies! The more well-known we are, the less chance we have of ceasing to exist. Do you even care about the damage you're causing? The people you've hurt? This place is a wreck, all because you don't want to be forgotten? That's despicable. You're darn right it is. That's the whole point. We've got this whole town whipped up into a frenzy. They won't stop talking about us for as long as they live. But enough chit-chat. Let's get to the murdering. Pecos Jill, how about you punch them really high into the air, don't hit the moon this time. And when they come back down to Earth, I'll squash them with my fist. Then, Johnny Appleseed, you can steal their belongings and plant a bunch of apples everywhere, I don't know. Sound like a plan? That's the most bizarre death threat I've ever gotten. Exactly. The stranger the crime, the more publicity we get. Now, it's time to die. Oh yeah? Roscoe contorted his young bones <laughs> out of the hog tie in seconds flat. Bet you didn't see this coming. The tween used his spurs to cut checkers loose of the ropes as well. Ha! We're free! And your ramblings gave us just the time we needed to get ready for another fight. Sounds good to me. Tall tail gang, attack! Again! Wait! Huh? What? Checkers, they aren't real, right? Yeah? They only exist because people tell stories about them. Okay. So let's mess with the details. Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, Saul Bunyan wasn't actually a giant. He was three foot nine. And his ox is smaller than a mouse. 
Uh, it's gonna take more than neck to stop. Huh? Saul Bunyan and Babe the Ox started to shrink before everyone's eyes. What's happening? Why am I getting smaller? This small Saul scrambled around in panic next to his minuscule pet ox as Roscoe turned to face Pecos Jill. And I heard Pecos Jill isn't mean at all. She loves community service. What? Why do I feel so charitable all of a sudden? Jill started heading to the flip budget brothel, and once she was close enough, she punched the side of the building so hard that it flipped right side up. I'm not waiting for you two to make up stuff about me. I'm gonna start blasting! Johnny grabbed his gun and fired a slew of apples at Roscoe and Checkers. This is my moment! Checkers leaped in front of Roscoe and started chomping away, chewing up and swallowing every one of the apple bullets. Go, Checkers, go! Fine, if my bullets won't beat you, then maybe I can- But before he could finish that sentence, a loud thud came from behind. Johnny Appleseed went cross-eyed and fell to the ground, defeated. It's me, the deputy. Whoa! Whoa! That's right, I was watching all of this while I was cowering behind the sheriff's office. You two inspired me so much, I came up behind Johnny Appleseed and smacked him in the head with this rock. That's right, you did. And nobody can say you didn't. I think the day is pretty much saved. Great job, deputy. I didn't know how many more apples I could stand. You came just in the nick of time. Thanks. I'm gonna handcuff all three of these varmints. The tall tail gang will terrorize this town no longer. Roscoe, Checkers, and the deputy started rounding up the three-foot-tall Saul Bunyan, the mouse-sized ox, and the unconscious Johnny Appleseed. But Pecos Jill was nowhere to be found. Where did she go? I just saw her flip that brothel upside down. There, at the other end of the town. Sure enough, Pecos Jill was walking back, holding the bank above her head. Here you go, deputy. Sorry we stole your bank. That was mighty rude. Um, yeah. It was. I gotta take you into jail, Mrs. Jill. Robbing a bank is still illegal, no matter how you do it. I'll serve my time if it helps this community. Wait. Before you take her to jail, could she get your sheriff back from the moon? I'd almost forgotten about that. Yeah, do that. Can do, buckaroos. Time to use my insanely long lasso. She whipped her lasso far into the stratosphere, catching a grown man who looked embarrassed and pulled him down to the ground. Sheriff, you're back on Earth. I am, and I'm embarrassed. I'm glad to see the tall tail gang are beaten, but what's all been going on since I've been gone? It's honestly way too much to get into right now. Yeah, a lot of ups and downs. You haven't beaten me yet. I may be shorter than I used to be, but I'm... I'm gonna keep living as long as my legend survives. I'll never die. Whatever you say, buddy. Hey, Sheriff, make sure to take down those wanted posters. These three live off of some weird, unspecified kind of legend magic. If everyone stops talking about them, they'll disappear. Wow, okay. I, uh, I'll, I'll get right to that. Thank you, gentlemen. I don't know what we'd do without you. Anytime, Sheriff. Anytime. <laughs> Looks like things are more or less wrapped up here. Why don't we head on out, Roscoe? Wait, one thing is still unresolved. Where did that play? Where did that piano player get off to? Somewhere far off in the wilderness of Upper Oregon, <laughs> the piano player had finally come to a stop, and they'd been throwing up nonstop for the past ten minutes. Ah, some things will stay a mystery forever. Fair enough. Let's ride, buddy.
As our story comes to a close, the tall tail gang are packed away behind bars, and the town of Timber Tree Landing is on the road to recovery month once more. Wrongs have been righted, and legends have been bested. But this broadcast isn't over yet. Hear the next episode of the night after this short commercial break. What is the difference between a good detective and a great detective? Determination, mental fortitude, stone-cold confidence? Probably, but not for Detectives Slim and Scalia. Find out what sets them apart every Sunday from 9 to 10 p.m. on the improv radio drama The Pork Walks at Midnight. See you then. Every hour of this program is a double feature. Now, we once again join everyone's favorite rope-rolling ruffian in the next adventure of Roscoe Taylor, the Tallahassee Tween. Brought to you by KZSM.org. Our second episode of the evening, Wrath of the Reckless Cattle Wrestlers. Roscoe and Checkers are trotting along the rolling plains of the Wild West. It's lush and green for as far as the eye can see. Most of this part of the country is farmland, and our heroes have seen all sorts of animals, big and small. From the big sheep of Old Man McDaniel's Jumbo Ranch to the small pigs of Young Lady McDaniel's Micro Barn, they had seen it all, or so they thought. What a beautiful part of the West, huh, Checkers? You're right on the money, little buddy. The sky's so blue and the grass is so green. These farms are huge, aren't they? You said it. It's a booming industry, I reckon. Hey, I got a question. Yeah? But if I'm wrong, don't laugh, okay? Like, if it's a stupid question, don't give me a hard time. <laughs> You're sounding kind of defensive there, Roscoe. I'm not defensive. I, I just have a possibly dumb question. And I want to be able to ask it without any mockery from you. Do you think I normally mock you? No, I just want to cover my bases, that's all. You sure are hyping this question up. It better be worth it. Well, now I'm nervous about asking it for a different reason. Just spit it out already. What's your big question? It's not even important. It had to do with ranches, but it wasn't even a big question. Just a simple one. I just didn't want you to say it was dumb, but now it's a whole thing. I don't even want to ask it anymore. You are out of your mind. You keep teasing this question... And now you are going to ask it? Come on, just say it so we can move on, for Pete's sake. Does ranch dressing come from ranches? Okay, there, I said it. It's out there. We can move on. Hmm. Not a bad question. I don't know. Maybe. Because, like, the word ranch is on the bottle. That's true. But why would... Hey, do you see that old lady walking our way? The one with the cane? Yeah, I do. Help! Help! The cane! Whoa, ma'am, slow down. What's wrong with the cows? They're diseased down at my cattle farm. Something's gone wrong with all our cows. You gotta help. You just gotta. Of course, just lead the way. The woman led them straight to a modest ranch with a modest barn and some modest bales of hay. They finally got to the modest farmhouse and saw a jaw-dropping sight. What in tarnation? Are, are they supposed to look like that? 
Are they supposed to be doing that? No! They're diseased, I tell you! They got mad cow fever or something! The twenty cattle in front of them were all jacked to high heaven. They were buff, very buff. Every cow that was fenced in rippled with huge, strong muscles. And that wasn't all. The cows were body-slamming, head-butting, and choke-holding one another. It was a bovine battlefield, plain and simple. They won't stop doing this! These guys put the aggro on agriculture. You said this started overnight? Well, they sure weren't doing somersaults yesterday. Something's changed them, and we can't make heads or tails of it. We? My husband is in the house. He was the first one to see the cows like this. They hit him with a haymaker, and he's been unconscious all afternoon. Can you two help us? This is our livelihood on the line. We need to milk these cows before spring comes around. And from the looks of it, we can't get within a foot of them without risking a butt kicking. Checkers, we need to figure out what's changed with these cows. Any ideas? I suppose I could just talk to them. I speak cow tongue. Oh, you do? Is that like pig Latin? Not even close. It's more like braille. Hard to explain. Well, let's get to it. The two walked closer to the group of wrestling rascals, and Checkers attempted to have a word with them. This scene would be translated from cow to English for your listening pleasure. Good luck, pal. <clears throat> Here I go. Hello, cow friends. How are you? You speak cow tongue? That's righteous, brother. Oh, yeah. I do, and I want to have a word with y'all. Ask a few questions. Want to get in on a two-team match, brother? It'll be a blast. You better believe it. The cow Checkers was talking to had biceps so big they could be used as car airbags. And soon another cow with a blonde beard and giant muscles walked up to join the conversation. Who's this newbie? Checkers Justice is my name. Nice to meet you, cowboy horse. Wanna see me flex? Before really letting Checkers answer the question, the blonde bearded cow started flexing every muscle he possibly could. Uh, impressive. Say, do you want to get in on a tag team match? I just asked him that, brother. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. I only want to know why you guys are all buff and strong now. Good question, brother. We barely know ourselves. But we ain't complaining. It's worked out pretty well for all of us. Can you tell that I'm still flexing? I can. But you guys were normal yesterday, right? Oh, yeah. Before we saw that mystery man, we was weaklings. But now I'm built like a brick house. A brick house full of muscle. Mystery man? <gasps> Mystery man! What did the mystery man do? I don't know. He poured some green liquid into the water trough, but that's all I saw. We're thinking about starting our own league. What do you think? You mean wrestling? Yeah, I think that sounds cool. We'll be starting small, but there's huge room for growth. You should consider joining. You could get in on the ground floor. 
thanks, but no thanks. I'm more of a runner and a kicker, not really a wrestler. Whatever you say, hoss. Watch me flex more. This time, it's gonna look different. As he flexed again, nothing really looked all that different, Checkers thought. But the blonde bull appeared to be very impressed with the assumed change in his flexing technique. Well, I'll be going. Good luck with all the league stuff. Checkers walked back to Roscoe as the two cows joined a tag team match with the other cattle. How'd it go? What'd they say? Some mystery man put a concoction in the water troughs. That's gotta be it. Did they say anything else about the guy? Like what he looked like or where he went? Nope. They just flexed their muscles and called me brother a lot. Not great conversationalist so far if you're asking me. Let's try to figure out more about this mystery man. We can start at the water trough over there. Do you see anything suspect? Yeah. See that horsefly sitting on the water surface? He's got a full beard. This liquid must have mutated the fly, too. Strong stuff. Should I drink it? What? No. But what if it made me really strong and good at punching criminals? You don't need to juice, Roscoe. Really. You're doing a bang-up job of being a crime fighter so far, I think. Thanks, buddy. Sweet of you to say. Hey, do you, do you see that cow patty? Which one? There's a million littered all over the ground. The one with the big footprint in it. Which one? There's 12 of them headed north. You're right. It's a trail. Somebody accidentally stepped in a bunch of cow pies while they were trying to leave. Oh, let's follow it. Don't have to tell me twice. Let's check it out. Did you figure anything out? We're going to follow this poop trail. Then we'll get back to you. Okay. Roscoe and Checkers followed the cow patty shoe prints all the way up the rolling hills of the Great Plains. It was a serene sight. But once the trail ended at a particularly big boulder, the two had to recheck their surroundings. Trail ends here. Right at this boulder. Those cows sure do eat a lot of fiber. Did you hear that? Huh? Huh? Sounds like cheering? Coming from under this rock? I'm gonna kick it. The rock fell over, revealing a staircase leading straight down into the ground. Look, it's a secret entrance. I love these things. Let's get in there and check it out. Good idea. Uh, you go first. They walked down the stairs for a few flights before coming to the floor of the secret entrance. A vast tunnel laid before them, and as they walked deeper and deeper into this passageway, they started to hear cheers emanating from the light at the end. Sure is emanating pretty loud. That's the truth. They finally came to the opening and were shocked to see a giant underground stadium. Every seat in the stands were filled with cheering fans and a large fighting ring laid in the center of the room. As they looked at the strange sight, a man with dollar bills stuffed in every pocket and a wide black cowboy hat walked in front of them. Gentlemen, welcome to the Coliseum. I am the one and the only Vince Rawhide. How can I help you? Where are we? What is this place? This is the only barnyard animal wrestling arena in the Wild West. Or, I should say, under the Wild West. I see you've brought a horse in here with you, son. Are you looking to submit another competitor to our game of glory? No, he isn't, and I can talk. Someone poured a muscle-growing chemical into a nearby ranch's water troughs, and now all the cows there are macho to cowboy hell. 
and I bet you've got something to do with it. Who? Me? Why, I am just an innocent, rich businessman who's trying to bring wrestling to the West. Yeah, that's why we're suspicious of you. That's a clear motive. But you have no proof. Your shoes are covered in cow poop. It was your footprints we tracked to that secret boulder staircase thing. That doesn't mean anything. I run a barnyard wrestling league. There's cow droppings all over the place down here. Well, you're wearing a black cowboy hat, and that almost always means you're trouble. Okay, you got me. Are you happy now? Yes, I poured the muscle mutation serum into their water, but for a good reason. Nah, we've heard this bad guy ramblings a million times so far. We're just going to fight you now. Uh, really? Yeah, it's not worth our time to listen to this. You aren't even curious about me? About barnyard animal wrestling? Nope. Okay, have it your way. As the two got ready to tie up Vince Rawhide, he yanked on a conveniently placed lever and sent the two falling down into a trap door. Oh no, buckaroos! This is the second secret door we've had on this episode. Will our heroes make it out of the underground Coliseum alive? Will Mr. Rawhide have his way and continue mutating barnyard animals into hunky Hulkamaniacs? Will those cows back at the ranch ever stop flexing? There's only one way to find out some of the answers to some of these questions. Listen to this short commercial break. I'm Jordan. And I'm Lexi. And we're the hosts of the brand new KZSM show, Swamp Gas Uggos. Join us every week as we dive into the swamps of reality and discuss cryptids, ghosts, UFOs, and everything else that goes bump in the night. I believe. And I'm scared. And you'll catch us every Sunday at 10 p.m. here on KZSM.org. Welcome back to Roscoe Taylor, the Tallahassee tween. Now let's get back to the action. When we left off, Roscoe and Checkers found out that the cattle wrestlers were the product of Vince Rawhide, a greedy businessman who had a giant underground wrestling coliseum. During their confrontation, they fell down a trap door into a slide that dropped the two off in the center of the arena. The crowd was in a frenzy, and a voice boomed over the speakers. So, boys, we don't usually have human competitors in our matches, but I'm willing to make an exception, if our fans support it. You won't get away with this, Rawhide. Yeah, we've been through this whole song and dance enough times to know that at the end of the day, you're getting your teeth kicked in. Save the trash talk for your next competitors. Introducing the reigning barnyard king of sting, the Sultan of Swine. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Hulk Hagen. This piggy's going straight to the winner's bracket and the hogster will make sure you two go we 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 all the way home. Well, this is one more check off my bucket list. You had wrestling a giant muscular pig on your bucket list? Yes. I have lots of things on there, even if they aren't likely to happen. You never know. Hulk Hagen stormed forwards towards Roscoe and Checkers, and once he was close enough, he picked his buff hooves up in the air and brought them down on Roscoe. Pork chop! Yeah! Roscoe smashed down on the floor, and Hagen did an incredible front flip to celebrate. Hey, you just punched a kid! 
Actually, I'm a tween. The Hogster cares not about your age, little man. He will destroy any combatant, any time, any place. Now come here, horsey. The big pig delivered a mean uppercut to Checker's head and sent him flying in the air. Why the long face? Was it... Was it mayhap? My piggy, my piggy punch. No, checkers. Roscoe leaped up off the ground and grabbed for his trusty lasso. He threw it straight to the hog, but it was intercepted in an instant. The pig turned and looked at Roscoe with fury in his eyes. You think you'd be able to dangle me in some measly string? You must be off your rocker, champ. Whatever you say, buddy. Hold on tight. Roscoe did a sideways somersault and yanked the rope with him. Hulk Hagen didn't let go in time and flipped over and over like a rotisserie hot dog. As soon as the newly dizzied wrestler landed on his head, Checkers galloped back up and kicked him in the face. Got you, tough guy. Oh, this ain't even wrestling anymore. Do you give up? What? No. The Hogster never gives up. Checkers kicked him in the face again. Okay, the Hogster gives up. But only this time. Now that was a fight. Short but sweet. How do we like that, folks? Now comes the second round of the night. Maybe this one can knock our duo out of the race. The doors on the other side of the arena opened to reveal five super buff chickens with balled up fists and frowning beaks. They walked into the ring with malice as our heroes got ready for another fight. Your time is up! No, don't you see? We need to join forces. Huh? huh? Roscoe's right. Are you getting paid for these fights? Uh, no. See? You have nothing to gain from beating us up, even if you are muscular. If you want to fight... Let's take it up with Rawhide. I will have a brief word with my fellow chickens. As the gaggle whispered to each other, Hulk Hogan woggled back up with a defeated look on his snout. You know, the Hogster has a lot of pent-up aggression, and he thinks beating our boss up sounds like a not-too-bad idea. I'll join you two. Awesome. Thanks, Hogster. Sorry about whooping your butt a second ago. All part of the game, Prometheus. No harm, no foul. Speaking of foul, do you guys have an answer? Yes! We've decided. We want to... Revolt! And revolt they did. The crowd of animals and a tween charged straight up the trapdoor slide into the room that held Vince Rawhide. Oh no! He ran down the secret tunnel, and the mob followed. He climbed up the stairs and ran to the nearby ranch, and the mob followed. Finally, he got to the fence holding in the newly muscular cows from earlier, and he made a desperate plea. Help! Help! You got to help me! Mystery Man? It's Mystery Man. Yeah, it is me. I was going to wait a while longer for all of you to mature, but my hand's been forced by a pesky situation. You all want to wrestle, right? Yeah! 
And you want to prove you're the toughest around, right? Yeah! Then help me by fighting that group of chickens, that pig, that horse, and that tween. Please! You don't, don't have, have to, to tell us twice! Everybody, get ready to kick beef butt. As the barnyard brawl began, feathers and hooves went flying. There was so much commotion that all throughout the Great Plains, you could hear the sound of the scuffle. They fought and fought and fought until finally, one winner stood on top of them all. Come at me. I can find every one of you losers. Vince Rawhide tried to crawl away in the ruckus, but Roscoe, who now had a black eye and a few loose teeth, grabbed him by the boot and kept him from going too far off. Got ya, you little weasel. The old lady who owned the ranch walked up and bopped Vince on the top of the head with her cane, knocking him out cold. That'll show ya! I'm taking this idiot to court! Howdy, ma'am. We tried our best to solve your conundrum. Thank you kindly. After I sue this creep for all he's worth, I'm getting out of the cattle business. It's just too dangerous nowadays. Me and my husband are going to Tijuana. We'll sip on margaritas till we die. Well, good for you, ma'am. How about the rest of you animals? With Vince defeated, where will you all go? What will you do? We fought one another, but now is the time for peace. So says the hogster. What say the cows? We are easily convinced of things! Very well, and the chickens, what say you? We will join your cause as well. It is settled. We will go down in the arena and free our buff barnyard brethren. Then we will roam this earth for a place to live. To start a society of our own. One with flexing and front flips. And unity. Hurrah! So long, humble humans. Good luck with your tiny lives. Goodbye! See you later, brothers. Oh, yeah. Bye, guys. I know we punched each other a whole lot, a whole lot but we really wish you well. Yeah, so long, everyone. Maybe we'll see you somewhere down the road. A group of animals walked off into the distance of the Wild West's rolling plains, and Roscoe and Checkers started to leave as well, off to find another adventure. Maybe you'll hear about it next week in the further exploits of Roscoe Taylor, the Tallahassee Twin. Tonight's episodes were brought to you by KZSN.org, True Community Radio. Sam Pierce played Roscoe Taylor. Mitchell Oden played Checkers Justice, Buff Bull Number 2, and Johnny Appleseed. Brianna Matherly played Pecos Jill, the piano player, and the old lady, as well as the leader of the chickens. Jordan Pilkington played the deputy of Timber Tree Landing, Hulk Hogan, and worked as the audio producer for our program. This show is written and directed by me, Garrett Buss. I played the narrator, Saul Bunyan, sheriff of Timber Tree Landing, and Vince Rawhide. Coming up after this is a very, very, very special episode of Swamp Gas Uggos at 10, so be sure to stay tuned. From all of us here in the wild, wild west, thank you and good night. <laughs>